Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode four of Market or Pitch, the news and trends podcast from Vantage, Black and Brown Perspective. I'm Yesenia Reynoso, one half of the squad. And to the opposite end of the spectrum is the other half of the Marketer Pitch team, my good friend, Corey Davis. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to our podcast. I'm glad you guys decided to join us for this episode, and we can't wait to dive into some interesting hot topics. It's been a real whirlwind of a few several weeks, Corey. There's so many things going on in our world right now. It's like you literally got to got to pick a, like the needle off of the haystack. Yes. And the past two weeks between politics and sports and the intersection between the two going on and also with COVID cases that were falling dramatically. Now we're seeing that they're holding steady and kids getting vac- vaccinated. There's been so many, so much news going on. And, and even within that, the, the PR and marketing world has kind of been reacting around those, uh, these different news topics. So I'm excited to really get into like a true news uh, headline-esque show today. That is correct, uh, Corey. And uh, it's great that you really touched on all those points because today's uh, episode, season two, episode four, by the way, is going to be very much news-centric. We're going to be adding a dose of that marketing and PR spin to uh, important societal issues that have been dominating the headlines over the last two weeks. So um, kick back. Relax, grab yourself a glass of wine and, uh, you know, enjoy this conversation because there's definitely going to be a lot of relevant points uh, to be said. You know, what's funny. I, everyone says, so this is just my antidote. I was going to say wine down, but you know what? Let's, uh, I'll say cocktail down. Grab a nice whiskey. You want, you want something strong, something that puts <laughs> some bite because I, uh, I have some interesting opinions uh, on, this, on this topic. And, and by the way, I'm saying this. I really don't know what the topic is. Yesenia is going to surprise me on the topic, but she, she gave me a little preview that it is going to be uh, a little spicy. So we are definitely going to need some, something to cool off our entree for, but I'm excited for it. And whatever opinion I'm going to have, I'm just going to run with it. So please email us. And that's or even in general, I will say before we get started, please make sure to email us, tweet us, uh, send, uh, send us a DM on Instagram, ask Marketer Pitch on all platforms, and we can definitely engage. We can definitely are uh, open to maybe having a guest or just hearing your opinion on if you agree with us, that's awesome. If you don't, I want to hear from your perspective as well. Uh, and that, uh, Corey, rings so true. Uh, you actually ran down the mountain of things that... Uh, that needed to be said. Uh, And I really think this is going to be, this is setting up to be a very informative, uh, relevant, and basically a hot button topic type of conversation. So maybe you might want to grab yourself a glass of tequila and really uh, uh, bring it down. But on top of all that, uh, before we truly dive in, uh, don't forget, uh, Market of Pitch is also available across all major podcasting mediums. Uh, every new episode, uh, and as well as the past ones, can also be seen on our official uh, YouTube channel. So look up Market or Pitch. Um, the podcast itself, as well as the intermission series, can also be heard on Thursday mornings on the Helium Radio Network. And... 
don't forget, uh, marketer, the Marketer Pitch Team is also official, an official part of the Wisdom family. So if you haven't yet, download the Wisdom app and find us at Marketer Pitch, where both Corey and I will be making our presence known and talking about topics from the marketing, PR, uh, thought leadership, and even uh, general news. Uh, so uh, come find us there. We are very much eager to have those conversations. So Corey. Are you ready to really get into this spicy, news-centric episode? Let's get it. Let's get it going. All right. So we're diving into the first, uh, to the first part of the show, the appetizer uh, course. And uh, this particular topic is going to be centered around the influencer economy. Obviously, everybody knows now uh, that we are currently under a gig economy where um, individuals are, are harboring more than one job in order to sustain uh, either an affordable quality of life living or trying to uh, advance further in their respective careers. But an interesting uh, article that popped out uh, from Adweek uh, comes, uh, you know, comes from the author Eric Danen, where it's titled, We're All Part of the Influencer Economy Now, where he talks about how the, how the, the entire landscape has changed ever since the ripple effects of 2020 with COVID and as well as the racial justice movements. But we're also seeing a steady but gradual e-commerce growth uh, that paved the way for a 10-year acceleration point of the entire landscape as more and more individuals are centering in on influencer marketing. And we are seeing you know, just how powerful and influential individuals promoting many different brands and services are uh, are doing right now and so the 2020 acceleration in e-commerce just didn't push up the demand for influencer um, marketing but it also kick-started a rapid maturation of of the digital commerce uh, sector and there is a major uh, seismic shift and not only in uh, in the retail space but also in other industries uh, as well as we try to figure out more ways uh, to analyze this, you know, this phenomenon. And so, Corey, I want to, you know, bring you into the loop since obviously influential marketing has been, you know, has been making its mark over the last several years. And now we've really seen it truly explode everywhere. And so what is your opinion about it being dubbed the influencer economy? So I, I definitely think we're in the wild, wild west right now. So the influencer how I feel influencer marketing, uh, how it is today, it's kind of similar to how podcast and I mean, and speak of the devil, we're in a podcast, but how podcast <laughs> advertising uh, kind of started out maybe a decade ago, where it was the wild, wild west, unregulated, it really didn't have a lot of rules. Um, so I think now with, uh, even though the FCC really, um, the federal government does have rules on how influence marketing needs to be notified or called out in, in, in potential post. Um, but coming from a marketing advertising perspective, when I tell my clients, the problem is measurement. And how do you actually measure how, who is, uh, which influencer is actually causing people to support your brand or which influencer are, are helping you uh, move your brand forward? And then, the pro- and then the other side, besides measurement issues and how to measure the success or the, the not success of influencer marketing, it's how do you determine uh, where does an influencer, a personal opinion begins, and then where does their personal opinions end? 
So sometimes in the mix of, and I've seen for influencers in the marketing around it, brands have got themselves in trouble because yes, they get a nice, perfectly good ad from a top influencer and they get a lot of engagement. But on the next post, that influencer is saying, and this is just for um, example, saying, don't take the vaccine because the vaccine is terrible. So now people are going to attribute, okay, brand XYZ, are you also under the same opinion? Because one post ago, this influencer who's, who's the new de facto represent, representative of your company is saying these views. So it's very, it's, it's just one area where I think we're going to see a lot of consolidation in the next few years. We're going to see a lot more companies trying to figure out ways to uh, measure influencer marketing and how to actually show uh, engagement with sales. And uh, I, think that's, I think that's really is a critical element that we're missing with influencer marketing, in my opinion. You know what I find intriguing, Corey, is, you know, I've always, uh, you know, uh, explained to my clients that uh, depending as to the kind of content that you want to promote, it could be like for for profits, it could be a service or, a, you know, an actual product itself. But from a nonprofit standpoint, it's the program, the people who they serve, the volunteers and many other relevant um, um, individuals. Uh, but I've always uh, told them that depending as to the amount of resources that you have, you need to figure out which platforms are going to best serve your needs. And the same thing can be said for influencer marketing. There are many different types of influencers right now who are becoming much more native to social media. And ultimately, its effectiveness is to maximize engagement. You're trying to, you're trying to sell something at the end of the day. And so in order for you to connect with audiences, you need to figure out who are those influencers and then some aspects figure out the platforms that, you know, that those particular audiences live and then figure out ways to create a, a messaging strategy, you know, that directly ties uh, to what they're seeking. And so I'm very, you know, so here's, you know, my, you know, my question, you know, with all of this, how can companies fi figure out ways to identify, you know, when it comes to, you know, in this influencer uh, economy, ways for them to utilize influencers to maximize their impact. Yeah. And that really is the question. And I think for each brand, they're going to have to determine how they're going to go about that or how can they even determine success? And I do want to take a step back. I actually do think as far as engagement goes, as far as uh, translating um, uh, marketing to dollars, I do, I am, I do like influencer marketing. I do like when I'm scrolling through Instagram or my other social media fleets, feeds, seeing somebody who, I, who I'm interested in and seeing somebody who I follow uh, advertise a product. I actually do take a, I may not buy it, but I do take a second out of my day to actually look at the product they're promoting to see if it works out. So I definitely feel like it's, it's a very, it's a high, uh, high producing and a high level of, uh, of engagement compared to other forms of advertisement, advertisement or marketing. But I do, but I do want to see some more regulation around it. I do want to see some more, um, some more metrics shown and proven around if is this level of engagement and marketing truly successful? Because yeah, a lot of people you know crap on television and radio and a lot of some of the other uh, 
uh, linear uh, linear media types have been around for decades and then some, even now in digital video and, and et cetera. But that's because of we actually have metrics that we can measure the success of it. And we can actually show that uh, because of this ad, we saw a lift in this product. Influencer marketing, we don't have that. It's just the <laughs> feeling yeah. we have to come across. So I think, I think it's all interesting. And, and I, I, def- think, I definitely think over the next few years, you're going to see some more tightening and consolidation. And you're going to see a lot less influencers really getting those dollars across. Uh, I, you know, and that's a, you know, and that's a particularly good point. And I'll, I'll, I'll wrap it up with this. Uh, we all, we all know it's obvious that the social media platforms are deeply tied to the ability to help businesses generate me- uh, revenue. And as social becomes even more integrated in every stage of the product or customer journey, uh, people are trying to figure out new ways as to how to make the product stand out. And as well as figuring out new ways to purchase that product. The old digital playbook is out. It's no more. I mean, the customer journey is not linear. And so uh, I think what uh, companies are or, and or brands are understanding is that the creators are truly the linchpin of social commerce. They're the ones who are very much so uh, like content driven in, pers- in persuading audiences, you know, to take up, uh, you know, a particular product or service. In some aspects, these social platforms are, you know, are capturing advertising dollars and treating, you know, these influencers uh, like competition. But now they're also uh, realizing the power of what influencers bring to the table to drive those, you know, drive up those sales. And so I think it's, you know, what we're seeing is is a condensation of the social of the of uh, I should say the condensation of these social media platforms and influencers coming together in order to bring trust and validation into the social media space. And at the, and of course, at the end of the day, what it comes down to is that with those two things consol- cons- consolidating itself, it's going to benefit the brands even more because it's going to generate more profit. I agree. Uh, and so uh, if there's uh, anything else, my good friend, that you want to add on on this uh, influencer economy that is uh, ravaging up before our very eyes? No, I think, like you said, we should just stay tuned because uh, you're going to see some more regulation around it. All right. And so uh, with that, that wraps up our adverti- our appetizer course. Uh, definitely, if you have uh, any uh, any comments, questions about this particular uh, topic, uh, don't hesitate to email us at marketerpitch at gmail.com and also comment on our social media platforms. Tell us your thoughts. We definitely will have uh, we will definitely keep our eyes and ears on this issue. And so now moving on to the entree course. And so you know, I thought the last three episodes we've been missing the the dessert, uh, and so I am determined to bring the dessert section into this episode. And so what I've decided to do is that we're going to be doing a double combination. Both the entree and dessert courses will be served to you all simultaneously. So Corey, you better get that stomach and as well as that that whiskey shot ready to go. Oh, I'm ready. Two two shots in already. So let's go. All right, so let's kick right into it to both the, the entree and the dessert um, uh, rounds. Uh, so obviously, there's been a lot going on the last two weeks. It ha- the news headlines have been dominated by both uh, the off year of the 2021 elections and 
you know, and the COVID uh, situation. And so I kind of find it interesting that these two particular stories both intersected and or intertwined to one another because it basically, you know, summarizes the current state of many stages, I should say, of our current um, our current um, society right now. And so uh, there was this particular, obviously, so the first half of the, uh, you know, of this course centers around recent news that Aaron Rodgers, the quarter, the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers, tested positive for COVID nineteen. Uh, but the reason why this has blown up into such a huge fiasco is because he lied. He lied to the media saying that he uh, got the vaccine when in reality he didn't. So he was unvaccinated. And so there has been so much tremendous controversy, you know, surround, uh, you know, surrounding Rogers and his reasoning behind it. Though I will admit, though, as a, you know, as a PR uh, communicator, um, Aaron Rodgers should have been honest from the very beginning. And so technically he shot himself in the foot for not admitting the truth in the first place. But anyway, going back to, you know, the situation, there was this particular article uh, from the New Yorker and that's titled The Selfish Individualism of Aaron Rodgers, where it states that the, Queen, the Green Bay quarterback's semi-rebellious attitude once seemed almost charming, but his attitude towards the NFL's vaccine mandate has exposed his self-absorption. Now, listen to the word, you know, in that sub-headline, the vaccine mandate. And I'm going to bring this out because the vaccine mandate has been very much a hot topic across this country. How people have been very much been against, uh, you know, mandatory vaccine mandates that have been popping not only across all industry sectors in, throughout corporate America, but also the entire country overall, which is, uh, you know, affecting people's livelihoods because there are people who legitimately are concerned with the vaccine and they're not taking it um, because of, you know, of those reasons. And so the vaccine mandate was one of the many critical topics that, again, we're going to transition over to the election of, you know, of this past year. Typically, it's an off year. Nobody should be, you know, nobody really pays attention. But this year was particularly different. I mean, the fact that uh, what we're seeing is yet again another seismic shift where, let's just be bluntly honest, the Democrats got befuddled. They got annihilated uh, as the Republic, uh, you know, as the Republican faction basically, uh, you know, took control uh, for the lack of the, of the Democrats' factions' incompetence on both the policy and the, and the messaging fronts. And so, uh, Corey, I want to bring you in the loop uh, because, again, both of this entree and dessert um, plates are, are, ba- are, are basically combined together to, you know, what has been, ba- you know, basically at least, you know, from a communications uh, standpoint, a, a major messaging flaw. And so I want to bring you in and and inject that marketing, um, you know, that marketing juice. It's been well chronicled that companies have not been very direct and factual with the messaging surrounding the pandemic, and it has affected uh, uh, affected all aspects. And so, Corey, want to bring you in and and you know and get your thoughts on 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 both of these issues. Yeah, and. The unfortunate part, and this is coming, and I'm a very optimistic guy. I believe in there's always a better tomorrow. 
Um, but in this case, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna be a little negative and be a little realist because I unfortunately feel like the cat's out of the bag. And mm-hmm. what's happened, and like you just said, uh, companies and brands have consistently, and even people have consistently given false information after false information after mm-hmm. false information yep. surrounding the pandemic. So now we're at a place where it's it's tough to say like, okay, all of a sudden now I'm telling the truth because you've said that before. Yeah. And when can I actually start believing you? When can I actually think that anything that's coming across is telling the truth? Yeah. So because of that, uh, which I think a lot of it has been delivered from certain factions, but because of this inconsistencies, because of the flawed messaging and the, um, and um, the messaging coming across that's, that's been inconsistent, I think that you, you pretty much lost the trust of the American population moving forward. And I, I don't think you're ever going to get that back. I think coming from what Aaron Rodgers yeah. did, um, I think Aaron Rodgers, speaking of Aaron Rodgers, they moving into politics. Mm-hmm. But speaking from the sports world, I was actually very disappointed and Ann Rogers, and I was more disappointed in how the media treated that situation. Yeah. I think the I think the the media in one place is doing uh, a, a disservice because they yes. don't care about the pandemic. They don't care about yes. the messaging. They don't care about people doing well. They care about dollars and making and, and, and getting and making more money. Yeah. So while on one hand, instead of saying that, which I've definitely heard people talking about this, but instead of saying that. Um, 95% of the Packers players are vaccinated and that's good yep. and it's okay, you don't need it. You focus on the one. You've seen this with Kyrie Irving with the Nets and his. Mm-hmm. I do respect Kyrie Irving for being up front and not giving inconsistent messaging and saying that like, I am not vaccinated because of X, Y, and Z. And he took flack for it and that's his opinion. But uh, Aaron Rodgers' situation was, was unfortunate because, yes, he lied, but I think the blowback was they spent so much time focusing on the lie instead of focusing on why is he not, why is he not vaccinated. What's, what's the issues, he said. He said that he's allergic to the MR, MNRA, uh, yeah. um, MNRA uh, something in the vaccine. Vaccine, yeah, the, M- uh, the mRNA, yeah. That's right. Excuse me, mRNA. Yep. He's allergic it. to it. And then he said, but then he said the J and J. He said he doesn't trust it. Well, the yeah. media should have took that. Said that's totally your opinion. But FYI, for people for J and J, here are the reasons why we should trust this vaccine. And so a lot of times is you're just running with a story and, and trying to focus on the negative without actually turning that into a positive. And with brands, specifically when you're when you're working with these uh, either different athletes or different sports stars or even having kind of, even you need a positioning on it brands should really just be just giving the facts and giving what we know so far instead of just really instead of either saying like you need to get it or because of it's safe and then changing your opinion the next day so i think that's that for the for the athletes and then for politics um the democrats blew it i think we said that and actually yeah. if you if, I, if you guys go back to the episode last week I won the highlights from the from uh, Marketer Pitch season one. I mm-hmm. said about the Democrats, and I said that I brought that was one of my favorite moments. And I definitely said they're making mistakes going into this year, and I'm seeing oh, the yeah. same pattern. So I, I predicted it, um, but they blew it. It all goes back to messaging, and yep. and I, I say we can all learn a lesson when we're working with our clients and when we're working on different brands is. If your messaging is not it's not getting through to the actual mm-hmm. people who's designed to go through, it's worthless. 
And the Democrats have proved time and time again that their messaging is broken and they and they refuse to fix it. They're not on the, they're not seeing on the ground. They're not seeing where people are coming from. They're not seeing where um, the concerns people are having. They're not seeing that people are actually scared and don't know who to believe, don't know who to trust. And they're not showing examples of when people say like when people say, um, I don't like the vaccine because I think the long-term effects, instead of saying that, um, yes, you know, the, the, there will be no long-term effects because your vaccine comes out of your body uh, very quickly and so on and so forth and so on. They focus on, well, this part, this, this person doesn't only get a vaccination because they're crazy. Or instead of saying that people say like, I don't, uh, we never have a history of developing fast vaccines, except the media explaining, okay, developing a fast vaccine is very safe. Uh, and we've come a long way from a scientific perspective where we can develop vaccines quicker. So that information, that messaging is not coming across. And I definitely think that um, until we're starting seeing consistent, truthful messaging that's actually, uh, uh, that's actually developed with science and labeled with facts, instead of seeing uh, just a way to make another dollar or a quick buck, uh, we're not going to see anything. Uh, we're gonna, things are not going to get better. Uh, you know, Corey, you took the words right out of my mouth. And as a communicator myself, you know, I, you know, I cannot help but feel very puzzled as to, you know, how disembogulated and out of control the misinformation uh, sphere has truly become. I think, you know, as marketers and as communicators, if we need to analyze, you know, the spectrum of the land is that we have not been doing our jobs from a factual standpoint to truly deliver the real truth, the actual facts to help the public make credible and, you know, and critical thinking type decisions. I think, you know, what has become abundantly clear from a narrative standpoint it is all simply about control. You know, many people are, you know, are consuming, you know, the, you know, all different types of mainstream media on a daily basis. But the, you, and, and again, we have to be, you know, as, as PR practitioners, we need to be, you know, realistic and brutally honest with ourselves. The, the general public no longer trusts the corporate mainstream media anymore. I say probably about 98% of Americans, and again, you know, those, uh, you know, that's my respective opinion. And again, um, everybody, you know, can look up, you know, those, uh, you know, those data and, you know, make their own assumptions. But, you know, the majority of Americans no longer trust the media institution anymore. Why? Because it's filled with propaganda. That is why, uh, you know, the narrative has, you, you know, has been concocted uh, in a way that, you know, that inspires fear and not empathy and truth. Uh, and most of the time is due to because of profit and for ratings. Uh, and so, you know, what, what has become uh, this situation is that both of these, you know, both of these intersections are coming together to the point where now uh, many people are no longer, you know, can no longer trust the mainstream media because it spews garbage, you know, on a daily basis. And again, we have to be, you know, again, reiterating the fact that we need to be brutally honest, you know, and in, in, in how the messaging, you know, goes out to these medias on a daily basis. Everybody is itching for some itching for independent media. They want something different outside the communication spectrum. And I think brands are also realizing that because of the decline of the, of the mainstream media and its perception, 
many people are now looking at other avenues to consume the news. And so we need to figure out ways as to how can we win back the public's trust through facts and truth. We talk about the importance of authenticity uh, in the communications world and the importance about making meaningful uh, connections in order to establish credibility. Now, looking at this from two sides of the spectrum. So from the sports perspective, you know, with Aaron Rodgers, again, you know, it's sad, uh, you know, and disappointing with the fact that he lied in the first place, knowing that knowing the reaction uh, you know, that he was about, you know, that he was going to get. He should have been honest from the very beginning, you know, as to what his status is. But second, it has been incredibly, you know, disheartening to see the media just pile out on him, you know, uh, making him look like, you know, like the bad guy just because, you know, Rogers had some legit, you know, had some, some concerns again take it with a grain of salt whatever way you want uh of the, of his reasoning behind why he didn't you know you know take the vi- you know take the vaccines i mean if you want to look at it from you know from a scientific standpoint we have to you know we have to make these assertions that these vaccines were rolled out very quickly typically it takes about 5 years you know for these vaccines to get tested out on a daily basis you know over and over and over again tested to ensure that it's you know that it's safe for public consumption but these vaccines were rolled, you know, were rolled out very quickly, uh, you know, due to, you know, uh, the constant evolve, the uh, the evolution of the of this pandemic. Uh, but we also have to, you know, have to understand that we're still learning more about this virus, and there is not enough information, you know, uh, you know, for us to get a full grasp as to, you know, what what potency these vaccines are, you know, are truly capable of. Does it fully protect the public one hundred percent from the virus? No, but it, does it stop you from uh, from getting any worse and, you know, and preventing you from going to the hospital? Yes. Uh, and, and so, um, you know, news, uh, you know, news broadcasters are going to have to be honest, you know, you know, you know, you know, with the vaccines and as well as, you know, elaborating alternative, uh, you know, alternative findings, uh, you know, for people to take in case that people don't want to, uh, you know, don't want to take these vaccines such as natural immunity. And so everything about, you know, uh, you know, about this vaccine and the rollout and the overall, uh, the overall messaging of it has been a mess from the very beginning. And it's going to continue to do so unless, you know, people actually start, you know, uh, coming up with a much more cohesive, correct message that the public can you know can understand better that's number one number two from a political standpoint i don't know you know Corey, the 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 dnc should hire you uh and be their uh, you know and be their communications consultant and uh you know in some capacity because um you and fire i'll be fired the, the same day when i when i give my real opinion <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel the same, you know, uh, I mean, if, if, if people don't like, you know, I think that's also part of the problem is the fact that many people, you know, don't like to hear the brutal truth, the real reality of what's going on, you know, it's very heavily narrative based. And that's why, you know, it has become so tribal uh, to the point of no return, where if you do give off a negative or uh, an opposite opinion, you're going to be labeled as a grifter or every other negative uh, saying in the book which is absolutely incorrect and abhorrent. Uh, but we knew uh, from the very beginning that the Democrat faction had a, has a major messaging problem uh, from that, uh, not only from that standpoint, but also from a policy basis where, let's be legitimately honest, what have the Democrats done, uh, uh, you know, from a policy standpoint to help ordinary Americans? Nothing. They have done absolutely nothing. And 
we also, you know, as Americans need to have, you know, a real, uh, you know, a, you know, a real, a realistic mindset that, uh, that in order for us to address the issues that need to be addressed, we need to start truly tackling the problems that are in place right now. And so for us marketers and communicators from a, you know, from a political standpoint, we need to figure out, okay, we need to start talking about policies that everyday Americans care about the most and start educating them further. We need to start truly, ta you know, tackling, you know, all of these important policy issues uh, from, you know, from the root on. And if it means overhauling everything, then so be it. But until the Democrat, but the Democrat faction is, you know, so egotistic and not being able to learn and be held accountable for their actions from a messaging standpoint, they're going to continue to lose. And so uh, we already know that the Republican faction is, you know, there's no, you know, they're, they've gone down the, you know, the, the tube of no return. Um, they're also equally as, you know, you know, they're also equally as bad, but from a messaging standpoint, at least they're, you know, you know, they're, uh, you know, they're cohesive, even though it's mostly negative, but, uh, you know, but I'll wrap it up with, you know, with this, um, uh, saying that this entire environment is not going to change overnight and we are heading down a very slippery slope. And unless if communicators and marketers figure out ways as to how to win back the public's trust, uh, you know, not only on, on the pan, on the COVID-19 pandemic, but other important societal issues, we are going to continue going down this very dark hole to the point where eventually it's going to be hit a boiling point. You cannot continue to lie to the public and continue establishing narratives that is, uh, that at the end of the day is going to fulfill your goals, which most, most of the time is it's financial. Uh, so, um, you know, until there's an epiphany, uh, we need to do our jobs and figure out ways as to how do we bring out credible information and start reestablishing the public's trust. And that I think is probably one way we're going to have to end the show, but I think it's one area where, uh, we need people to, your, I would say your guess is as good as mine because I don't know how brands are going to and how different factions, whether it's um, um, politicians or uh, companies are really going to switch the messaging and, and start moving forward because we definitely need to, because the current path where we're going is very destructive. Uh, and do you know, and there's definitely, there's definitely going to be even more conversations about this, you know, as, as we move forward. So definitely keep the pulse uh, you know, in, in, in the trends news, because this is definitely not going away anytime soon. So we here at Market of Pitch are, are going to continue having those conversations uh, and keeping our eyes open. Agree. Uh, and so that ends our double course, both the, the entree and the dessert. Corey, didn't I tell you this was going, it was going to be a, ve you know, a very, uh, uh, a very packed uh, double double meal i'm like so full and but this is good I, I this is one of my favorite ones this far this season i can say that well uh there there's no doubt about it i think we both came out uh, equally satisfied with our meal and so with that uh our fellow marketer pitch audience thank you so much for tuning into season two episode four uh i cannot believe it but uh we are now just 
two episodes away from the first half of season two. My, how time flies. Let's go. It's going by so fast. <laughs> and so with that, uh, thank you so much, uh, Corey, for another exciting and insightful episode. Thank you to our audience. Uh, please don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Marketer Pitch. Uh, email us with any comments or suggestions about this episode or previous ones, and as well as any kind of recommendations as to you want to see from a topics and guest standpoint at uh, marketerpitch at gmail.com. Uh, follow uh, this episode as well as all past Marketer Pitch um, volumes are available across major broadcasting mediums on the YouTube channel uh, and Thursday mornings on the Helium Network. And don't forget, download the Wisdom app and visit us uh, at our official page at Marketer Pitch where Corey and I will be making our presence uh, felt and we're going to continue having those you know, those in-depth conversations on that platform. So, Corey, any last words before we put a bow on this episode? Um, no, I think it's a great conversation, and I really do want to hear your feedback. So just let us know and uh, email us, tweet us, uh, DM us, but definitely give us your opinions. Uh, and so that wraps up uh, Season 2, Episode 4, a.k.a. Vo- Volume uh, 16 of Market or Pitch. We are very much looking forward to seeing you on our next episode of Volume 17, a.k.a. Episode 5 of Marketer Pitch. Take care, everyone. Bye.